share the car. Just, yeah, just be honest, man. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's there ain't nothing, there ain't nothing wrong with the come up. Like, right. if anything, there's more glory in being honest about your story. I'm like, here's what I went through. Here's what I did. Yeah. And then five, 10, 15 years down the road, you know, as you continue to level up, it'll be cool to reflect back and like, you didn't have to lie about it. So. Good to go. Another episode of Adversity Kings. We've got special guest today, John Schneider. Yes, sir. Right? Let's go, brother. How are you doing today? Well, how are you? Doing good, man. Doing good. So you've yeah. been in sales for five years? Yeah. Let's go. Finished up my fifth summer uh, in door-to-door. -door. Let's go. Door-to-door -door -door sales. Do you do anything in the winter? Recruitment. Yeah? Yeah. Just recruit. That's about okay. it. Recruit, build, work out? Work out, you know, enjoy my time off. I'm extremely family-oriented, so it's going to be important to me. I, I'm um, glad you brought that up because I, you know, I'll give you a little more of an introduction. Five years of, of sales. How old are you? 25. 25 years old. So I imagine a little bit of college, college and you probably wasn't for you. Yep. Then you got into sales. Now you say family oriented. Where were you guys from? Where were you born and raised? Good question. So outside of San Francisco, um, born and raised, um, you know, early on in my life. Um, I grew up there until I was about seven years old and um super cool upbringing you know my family was uh living in a nice part of california and um some things happened basically my mom grew up in indiana or sorry illinois and then my dad grew up in indiana and um early on in my life dad got himself into you know trouble and whatnot and um ended up going to uh prison yeah so basically you know, just because my mom was raising four kids pretty much alone, yep. she decided to come back here to Illinois to yep. basically raise us. Same so, thing happened to me. Like, yeah. Pretty much same exact thing. Decent upbringing. Single mom, you know, been yep. raising four of us yep. um, past however many years and um, yeah, basically raised outside of uh, Chicago here. Yeah. Literally same exact thing happened to me. Mom went, my mom went away first. So both my parents went away. Wow. Mom went away first. She did a little bit of time. And then my dad did the majority of time. And at right around like seven, eight years old, she went away. And then right around nine, 10, she gets out, gets custody of us. He goes away. And then, and then uh, from there, it's like, if you add it all up there, I've probably only had a couple years of actually being with my dad, you know, consciously. I yeah. feel like my memories don't start until I was like, six seven eight whatever you know what i mean yeah. so that's crazy bro i mean it's, it's real world. crazy yeah yeah you life like you don't meet a ton of people that have a similar story yeah like that, but i've met a few and it's always cool to yeah and you that. always get caught off guard you know what i mean where it's like you know I, I didn't expect you know you to hit me with that yeah you know what i mean so yeah and i don't know about you but like growing up it was always something that you know i didn't talk about like a ton um mm -mm. Yeah. yeah it was always something that i just kind of kept close and i was like regardless like you know i'm still live out here living life do you rekindle with thing. your father Absolutely. Okay. Cool. He actually just got out January. Let's go. Yeah. Dope, dude. So Dope. now did he have to go through the halfway house process? No, he had a pretty cool transition back. So like Dope. he went through his levels and whatnot, got into like a fire camp out in California. Dope. So he was doing like community work, kind of like rekindling back into the, like, you know, the real world. And, um, so he did that for about, I think two years mm -hmm. and just recently got out. It's on parole and whatnot. You but, watch any Wes Watson? No. So this, it's this dude, he did like 10 years and he's like multi, multi-millionaire now. Yeah. But, uh, you know, he always, you know, describes individuals when they go away, like sometimes they come out with tattoos. I don't know if you've watched any movies like Shot Caller or anything like that. But. I mean, I, I get the vibe you're going for. Yeah. Yeah. Pops pick up any tats? He did not. No? No. Okay. I would say the whole family's uh, 
I wouldn't say against them, but it's definitely not something that we uh, we do. Okay. Yeah. Dope. So let's let's talk about where's where dad and mom. Dad was Indiana. Mom was Illinois. Yep. What about grandparents? Close with any grandparents? Uh, absolutely. My mom's dad died when she was young, like 15 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, so never got to meet him. My mom's mom is still alive today. It's actually tomorrow's her birthday. Okay. She turns a hundred. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So she actually, you know, kind of helped raise us back in the day. Yeah. Um, you know, just with my mom, you know, being a single mom, kind of yeah. raising us and whatnot. So super close to her dad's side of the family. Um, they were still in Indiana, Indianapolis. Yeah. So saw them from time to time. It wasn't something that, um, you know, we saw them frequently. They weren't raising us or anything like that, but yeah. still pretty close. They've both passed away now. What's the nationality? Italian, Irish, and um, German. I was going to say the Schneider kind of gave me yeah, a German. Yeah, the German. Yeah, gave me a German vibe. So <clears throat> growing up, parents go away. You're raised single mother, four kids. Um, are you where, where do you place in the midst of the four kids? So I have an older sister. She is uh, 28 now. Okay. And there's me, 25. Um, my younger sister, who is 21, and then my younger brother is 17. Okay. So he's still in high school. Who was the baddest kid? Probably me. Yeah? Yeah. My siblings, they're all, uh, you know, really, really good at school. Um, you know, all straight shooters. Um, you know, they've all... Uh, They've all just been really, really good kids. I'm super proud of all of them. And uh, it's awesome to watch them, you know, just head down a, a good path, especially with the circumstances that we've kind of been raised with and whatnot. Yeah. But I was always the one that was probably getting into trouble and, yeah. um, you know, kind of more against school. Just did my own thing growing up. And I was just more street smart, you know. Yeah. That was always me. When Now, when's your birthday? December 15th. December 15th. So yeah. you just turned 25. Yeah, 98. Okay. I'm sept. I'm I'm nine twenty five ninety eight. So okay, a couple months on you. Yeah, we're right around the same age. Absolutely, brother. So, <clears throat> getting into high. When did you start to experience the most trouble? High school, just with like life situations. Just or you like trouble. You being personally. a bad kid. When did that start? Um, shoot. I mean, probably right after my dad kind of went away. I mean, there was a few situations. I was the same way. Shoot, I would say third, fourth grade. I just mean, angry and confused. Yeah, I wouldn't even say, like, crazy, like, angry. I was definitely confused, but I was just, like, you know, he was always my my guy, you know, my go-to guy. I mean, we had a phenomenal relationship. Still to this day, we do. Um, But when he was gone, it was, like, I didn't really know who to follow. Yeah. That was my dad. That was my figure. And so, like, I would just follow my friends, go and do stupid stuff. Yeah. And, you know, wound up getting into trouble a few different times. And that just kind of continued, like nothing too crazy, but yeah. you know, just not. You weren't like expelled. No. Okay, so that's where we differ. Okay. Yeah. That's where you were at. Yes, I think what my. Grade, what year was that at? I got kicked out of every school. So Seriously. Fifth, fifth grade was when I got my first fight, and I got in-school suspension. Okay. In fifth grade, which was weird because I never, I don't recall any other of my friends, you know, having in-school so like ISS, and I, I don't think I don't, there may have been some recommended school suspension as well, and then. I think it was a couple months into eighth grade that I got, I got like, they gave me an option. They said, you can get your son a parole officer Jeez. to like follow him and we're going to legally like file all of 
the crit because I guess I got voted school bully yeah. and I was just an angry kid. You know, what right. I mean? that's not something I, like, I take pride in. Right. I look back and I regret of anybody course. I've ever, I've ever, you know, just made but at feel the bad. Time, that's just your outlet. Yeah, yeah, and I can relate. You know what I mean? Because like me and my dad had a real strong, you know, relationship. There's a lot of valuable things I got from my yeah. pops, and uh, even to this day, we like we we don't really talk, but like I always think about reaching out. You know, yeah. but. You know, the things that he instilled in me were always like just being a just a, a real man's man. Like yeah. no no softness, no weakness, go get the job done. Right. If if you don't if you, like kinda like Tall Dega Nights, like if you're not first, you're last. Yeah. You know, we, we watched three hundred and, and Scarface a lot growing up. So right. just kinda like you, you kinda get the vibe of him. But um Yeah, and that made you who you are. Exactly. So I don't regret regret, regret a single second. But, you know, I think uh, my sophomore year was when I officially got expelled and it was like a police expulsion that was like my second third uh like legit fight and and um you know just made some poor choices yeah but not i never did anything like really extreme when it came to anything street wise just little street stuff that i think every you know delinquent kind of goes through but nothing yeah nothing extreme nor did i capitalize on that sales experience like there was there was really no roi there yeah um, no, i hear you there but I, sure. I i definitely played around in in those areas but yeah, i was mine also was a little opposite i would say mine not so much school wise. I mean, I would definitely, school, I did my fair school. share of yeah. leaving class and yes. you know, just, yeah, I got a lot of that. I mean, dude, when I was, I think in high school, my little brother was so on top of, you know, life. Like he would wake me up for school. Yeah. And at the time he was probably in, you know, early middle school. Yeah. And I'd be in bed, you know, not wanting to get up and he'd have his backpack on and come into my room. He'd be like, John, we got to go. Yeah. Go school time. And it was always just tough for me to get up, get out of bed and, you know, make it there. Um, but yeah, I just ran into more difficult situations. Just me getting into trouble, like outside of school. Yeah. You know, I was, uh, super into photography at one point, you know, being in Chicago, there's all these cool yeah. buildings and stuff. So that was something that I, you know, really enjoyed to do. And, um, you know, trespassing all these different things. Oh, I definitely yeah, had a few sense. situations like that where, you know, I'm running from the cops and, yeah. you know, trying to escape. Yeah, that makes sense. Stuff like that. So that's kind of where I found myself into you know trouble and, yeah you know. maybe picked up some parkour too yeah a little bit <laughs> here and there um so obviously you know everything you experienced was was definitely moments and things that just shaped you into who you are was there anything that really stood out that just occurred good or bad that just really aside from your parents your, you know your father going away was there anything that really like happened that was like man that was the changing point of my life was it like a day, a thing, or? That's a great question. Um, I would probably have to say, so I played soccer growing up. Yes. That was like my sport, um, you know, started extremely young. And, you know, my dad was my coach, you know, just really, really enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, I played a few different sports, basketball, baseball, but like soccer was my go-to. That's what I yeah. you know, performed at well. And so I was doing that all the way up until high school and my junior year, I got my first concussion. Mm -hmm. So, you know, soccer is my dream. That's why I didn't do too well in school. I was just super focused on that. You know, if I was going to go to college, it was going to be for soccer. Yeah. And so that was my, you know, complete focus. And it was my love. It was my passion. Yeah. So after that first concussion, it messed me up pretty bad. I was in the doctor's office. The doctor basically came in and said, you know, I mean, you'd be pretty smart not to play ever again. Yeah. Um, he's like, you know, this probably just isn't the best path for you at the moment. Um, you know, that it messed up your head pretty bad. Yeah. And me as a, you know, young kid, I was like, absolutely not. You know, this is my passion. This is my yeah. love. Like, there's no way that you can take that away from me. 
And, um, you know, I took some time to heal, but I got into it way too fast. Mm. So I started playing again and um, got my second one, got my third one. And it just kind of led me to a position where my senior year, I kind of had the opportunity to play soccer, continue with what I love or, you know, totally change the trajectory of my life. Mm -hmm. And I, uh, you know, took a long time to kind of make the decision, but I decided to just stop playing, you know, soccer completely yeah, and just go full, you know, force on life. And um, that's when I decided to do a little bit of school, found myself into sales and, you know, just really, it was an opportunity where, you know, I just had to take a step back. I was always, you know, just focused on going forward. Mm -hmm. And it was tough for me to take that step back basically kind of figure out where I was and, you know, just look to see what was in the future there. Now, did you get into sales right after high school? I did not. So I was always like an opportunist. Like I didn't really have a great opportunity after high school. Yeah. You know, like I said, I was super focused on sports. And so when I got those concussions and I saw, you know, stopped playing soccer, I looked back at, you know, kind of what I had going for me. Yeah. And it was basically, you know, C's, a few B's. Like I didn't have great grades. Yeah. And I was probably a 2.5 to 3.0 student. And so I was like, shoot, you know, I don't have a lot of potential here, you know, trying to get into a good college. Yeah. But I was like, at the time, you know, this is the best opportunity that I have in front of me. So this is what I'm going to have to pursue, see how it goes and kind of go from there. So I applied to schools, basically tried to figure out which ones I could go to. I ended up finding a small school in Colorado. Yeah. And, um, Ended up going there. So I did two years of school out there in Colorado. What That's part of Colorado? Right outside Denver. Okay. Some of my top dogs are from Grand Junction, Colorado. Yeah. Super familiar with it. Yeah? So, yeah. Damn. I worked pest control out there for two years, so I know the Damn. whole area real well. Damn, dude. Yeah. But that's where I met the guys that I uh, started doing door-to-door with. I think he's Grand Junction, too. Yeah. 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 No, it's a sweet spot. I mean, Colorado... Those were some of the cooler years of my life. I mean, just the yeah. experiences. Like, I'm super outdoorsy, so, like, I love outdoor stuff. You yeah. know, camping, snowboarding, mountain biking, like, you name it. Yeah. So, super cool opportunity there. And, uh, yeah, that's where I met some of these guys that I started doing door-to-door with and then got into sales from there. So, you're, what, two years into college, and then you get into sales. Yep. How did the sales opportunity present itself? It was random. It was a crazy story, actually. So... Um, I'm going into my sophomore year and, um, I have a buddy who goes to the university of Denver. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, Hey, you just got back out here to Colorado. You know, you're trying to do something before school started up. I think we had like a week or something to go. So we end up going out to, um, the mountains, you know, I'm talking like two hours into the mountains in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. And there's this cool trail, <clears throat> basically take you a hike up. I think it's like about a mile and, um, there's this massive, like little pond at the top yep. and we were cliff jumping. So jumping off these big cliffs, like into this pool of water, just kind of hanging out, you know, drinking, listening to music, just hanging out with my boys. And um, this other group of guys, you know, had kind of come along. There were a few people there. Like it was, I wouldn't say a popular spot, but there were a few, you know, different people. And um, yeah, we were just hanging out with them, drinking, jumping off this cliff. And all of a sudden they just kind of got into talking about, you know, sales and they had just finished up a summer going door to door. And, um, you know, at the time I was, uh, I was really struggling, you know, in school. Like I did not like college. I, uh, you know, knew there was something better out there for me. And so when that opportunity presented itself, I was like, shoot, you know, this sounds super intriguing. Are you still friends with the person today? 
Oh yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So, and do they still do uh, pest control? They do. So how long are they into it? Seven years or something? Six years. I'm going to do a five. Let's go. So what was that first year of sales like for you? Have you done door to door? Yeah. My two and a half years. So you get it. Yeah. Door to door is crazy, man. I mean, the uh, experience was incredible. Yeah. I mean, I, I loved it. My first year, um, my manager wasn't like a super on top of it guy. Yeah, neither was mine. So, you know, I met him, super cool guy and whatnot, but he was just like, yeah, you know, you know he just kind of threw me out there to the wolves. Yeah. My first day I was in college and he calls me, he's like, yo, come to the office. Like, you know, we're going to go out on the doors today, just start training. And I was yeah. like, all right, cool. So I go, <clears throat> go through their office meeting, you know, it's set up similar to what you guys have, you know, yeah. just big office, bunch of guys getting hyped up in the morning, which is fun. Yeah. And, um, you know, fell into that super quick. I was like, this is awesome. And um, anyway, we go out, start knocking on doors. And in Colorado, you know, you start around April time and it's still pretty cold out there. Yeah. And so it was uh, it was a cold, brisk day. I remember wearing like a hoodie and a jacket with like their, their shirt they gave me. And um, we go out there, we're knocking for about an hour or so. He kind of shows me the ropes, just, you know, how to do it. And he's like, all right, brother, like, um, you know, from here, like you just keep going down the street, just keep knocking and, uh, you know, see how it goes. Just try to get, you know, your pitch through. And so I do that. I just start knocking by myself. He literally left me out there. Yeah. It starts snowing. Yep. And I'm out there in the snow, freezing my ass off. And uh, I just remember multiple people asking me like, what the hell are you doing out here? Like what yeah. on earth is going on yep. that you're out in the middle of the snow knocking on doors. And, you know, I didn't even think anything of it. I just kept pushing. I was like, I, yeah. I'm going to figure this out. And uh, I remember there was literally probably like half inch, inch of snow on the top of my hat. I mean, yeah. it was coming down yeah. outside. I worked till eight o'clock that night and I text him. I'm like, yo, like, are you still out here? I had the impression that he was still out knocking with me. Yeah. And he was like, oh yeah, bro. Like, you know, we ended up, you know, just going back to the crib, like, feel free to leave whenever you want. And I was like, no kidding. Like I was out here all day by myself, just grinding. But I yeah. was like, you know what? That's, you know, that's just who I am. I mean, that's just like the person that I've become. Like I'm going to work hard. I'm going to figure it you out. Remember and, your first sale? Oh yeah. How long did it take for you to get that? <clears throat> Definitely wasn't the first day. I'll tell you that. Yeah. Um, I think it probably took me, I think I want to say about a week in. Yeah. Same. So it uh, took some time to just kind of get, you know, through the nerves and stuff like yeah. that. I'm sure yeah. you get that. And um, yeah, I just ran into this guy and, you know, I think he had like a m- mice problem or something and, yeah. uh, you know, just kind of run through the whole sales pitch and he was like, let's do it. And uh, yeah, dude, that, that feeling is incredible. You yeah. know, when it finally all just kind of works out and, uh, you know, you just kind of figure it out. Absolutely. Absolutely, dude. Yeah, I remember... For us, there was no like off season because I always get intrigued when I talk to pest control guys and they're like, yeah, we just work in the summer. And I'm like, man, that would have been nice. You right. I mean? But at the same time, I don't know what I liked, what I, I disliked more because when so you're knocking you doors door out here. Well, so when we, when COVID hit, we transitioned into virtual, but when, yeah. when I uh, knocked doors, it was all Pennsylvania. Okay. Yeah. So it was all, it was all Pennsylvania. And that a little, was for insurance. Yeah. Insurance. Yeah. I don't know how you guys do it, man. That's a tough sale. I feel yeah. Like. It, it's a, it's a weird sale, but. When you just break it down, you keep it simple, and you're good to people. I don't. I think you could you can sell cockroaches to people. You don't yeah. even, like if you're just a good, genuine person. Right. It's a numbers game. You're gonna yeah. find some weirdo that that likes bugs or something. Yeah. You, could, you could you could take the reverse you know route and like you've knocked so many doors. I imagine you you've gotten into homes that they just have 
a weird liking. You know what I mean? Like I've I've gotten I mean, homes the craziest craziest people. people, and it's one of the things I love most about yeah. it. Yeah, I mean, you just run into the most raw situations. Dude, I've had so many crazy stories. Not only from from my agents, like one of my agents, you know, when we were still knocking, was in Nebraska, and these these guys, uh, this family, I should say, had a an albino chimpanzee <laughs> yeah. chained up, yeah. and like like the the setup. I, I guess the the uh, agent said was like. This was like Planet of the Apes. Like this was not like a small chimpanzee. This was like nuts. this was like a trend chimp. Yeah. And like he said it had a death stare. And like it was crazy. And I think for me the craziest thing I can think of off the top of my head was like there was a pig in the house. You know what I mean? This one family yeah. had like 10, 15 kids. Yeah. They were all like somewhat young. So it's like you're yeah. just popping them right. out, popping them out pigs. And I'm like, like that was it, there's just so many fun experiences or like this I can one go guy on forever with the amount of stories that I have getting door stuck door. in someone's driveway. You guys, I yeah. think you guys just walk, but you know, uh, you know, we I drove to each house. And, okay, you know, I, we didn't really t knock. I think that's what you guys call it. Where you, I don't know if you'll get a lead and then you'll knock all the doors around it. But I, from what I heard, there's a couple of pest yeah. control guys that that work here. They they um, just drop you off in a in a neighborhood. Yep. And then like they like keep an eye on your location or something, and you got to like you basically just have a an idea of what customers we have in the area. So it's like, all right, I got one here on this corner, one down the street. Yeah. And um, from there it's ideally what I think what you're trying to explain is just like kind of like working around like the sales you have Mm -hmm. using it as social proof. I mean, it's probably very similar to, you know, life insurance, what you do. It's like, if you have a referral, like you're going to mention that person. Oh, absolutely. So it builds trust between you and the family, you know, you just sold Larry right down the street. Right. And so, that's the exact pitch that we go with. And, um, you know, it's pretty straightforward from there. It's just yeah. like, Hey, we're out here working. If we can squeeze you in, yeah, get everything done at, you know, a little bit cheaper of a cost. Yeah. Makes sense. It makes sense. If it doesn't, yeah. it doesn't. So it was, yeah. Cool experience for sure. My first year was, uh, we won our, we were the top office in our company. So we yeah. won like our, we just won trip. that this year too. You guys, yeah. where do you guys do your conventions? Uh, typically Miami. Yeah, we've done them in Mexico sweet. before. Yeah, that's sweet. So it just depends, but yeah, we were the the top office that year, and it was just cool, like coming into your first year, just yes. seeing like the success yeah, to and be the a part of a winning come team. together, and won a ten day trip to uh, Thailand, and that's sweet. Yeah, just a bunch now that's of fun. a weird place. I won't get into into what Thailand's known for. To be honest, I wouldn't know. We never ended up going because of COVID. Okay, so we had to change our location. It was. Crazy. Not, I said I'm not going there. <laughs> It was like last day before we were supposed to leave. We heard that like China was shut down. Yeah. And we're like, dude, we can't go to Thailand. Like we have a layover in China. Like we'll get stuck. Yeah. So we ended up changing the destination to the uh, Dominican Republic like the day before we left. Yeah, the DR. Never ended up making it to Thailand, but I've heard some crazy stories. I've heard some crazy stories too. Have you been or no? No, I have not. I think out of country for me is is Mexico and Peru so far. We're going to Hawaii. So out of Sweet. three three years of ownership, we've just won our second year Let's of uh, top office out of the company. So there's about 150 franchise owners, like, like guys and ladies like myself. Yeah. So, you know, we uh, were able to secure the bag again, you know, two out of three years. So that was this hope, past year, 2023. Yeah, yeah, cool. 2023. So we'll go out to Hawaii. That's awesome. Celebrate, dude. be out there for a little bit under a week. And uh, I've never been to Hawaii, so. Yeah, neither have I. Yeah. I've heard good things though. I'm excited. I like acai, so I'm hoping they got some crazy. We do acai. our uh, like our top ten trip out in Hawaii. So like our top ten reps from the summertime. Yeah. Whoever sells the most gets to go to Hawaii. Who's the and goat of pest controls? Like who's the 
who's the ultimate guy or lady? Uh, I was fortunate enough to live with him this past year or our past off season. Yeah. It's my buddy Avery and uh, he's just dominated the, uh, the industry for sure. For how long? I want to say what the past two years, I believe he was, uh, I think the second guy in our company to ever do a million in sales in like about a little under five months. Now, do you know, like, are you able to share what he takes home from that? Like top line, not you don't even have to talk about like the, the profit, but just the gross, what the commission is. Um, I believe his, his commission was, uh, Right around like 50, 60 percent. Yeah, that's fire. Sure on that. What's he drive? Gosh, he's been through a few cars. I think right now it's a X6. Yeah. Yeah. Sweet. BMW. Yeah. Big that's body. Sweet. Yeah, the guys love the BMWs. Yeah, he's been through a few cars. I mean, I think he had the uh, some AMG before. He yeah. likes the big bodies. I'm the same way. I, yeah. I bought a truck, and uh, just can't go back. Yeah. You know, I like the speed. The I got fast the truck. cars, but the truck's the way to go. Yeah. Yeah, I got a truck right now. I had a couple Jaguars before, and then I thought yeah. I was downsizing because I was stepping into ownership, and I knew I was going to be paying for everything. Right. I had to buy all the leaves, the office. I was like, all right, I'll, I'll downsize. But I ended up paying. I feel like I paid just about the same for the truck as I was for They're expensive. two Jaguars. Yeah. I mean, I paid a yeah, yeah, good amount for my truck, but I love it. It's yeah. the best thing ever. No, yeah. I, I like being driven in it because it's so roomy. Yeah. So I know. Like if I can get, I get someone to drive. about the back seat all the time. Yeah. People hop in and like, dude, this is the best back seat I've what ever What kind of seen. truck you got? Ford F one fifty Raptor. Okay. Yeah. Let's go the Raptor, dude. Yeah. You know what I? Race. Huh? Yeah. I don't know. I think the Raptor would beat me. What do you got? I got a Black Widow. It's a twenty twenty two or twenty twenty three uh, Dodge Ram Black Widow. Okay. Right. Yeah. yeah. I have no idea. No idea. Yeah. Black Black, Black Widow package. Yes. Are you like not like materialistic whatsoever? Just no, like, man. You know, so I am, but very surface yeah. level, like. But at the same time, I could care less, you yeah. know. If it gets you from point A to point B. Po yeah, to, to an extent. I like new stuff. I like luxury stuff. I like yeah. convenience. I like phenomenal service. Yeah. You know, I like consistency. But I think for like, man, it for for half my life, it was real. It was really rough. You know yeah. what I mean? So like we really and rough in, in regard to America. You know what I mean? Like right. not rough. Like the world has, has obviously generally had it way worse than, right. than what I had it. But like food bank lines and the food stamps and all that. Yeah. Like we Been just there. we just kind of appreciated, you know, one another. So it's like right. just my mom and my sister are my world. So it's like for I me, I think the competitive edge for for you know someone like myself is like I'll put I'll put a couple commas on a 1099 yeah. and people don't realize I might take 5 or or 10% of the money for myself and yeah. spend every dollar back into the business. Like yeah. You know, like I, I don't know any other twenty-five-year-olds that have ten thousand square foot of, of office space, and yeah. you know, it's like it, it costs. It costs a lot. Like, and the right. amount of leads we give out, like the leads, I'm I'm paying on average, I'd say about twenty to thirty dollars per lead, and right. it's like some months we'll give out ten thousand leads. So it's wow. like finding the finding the bread for that is yeah. like you know when I show people, I'm like, bro, I, I damn near got to make a meal just to survive, right? And uh, you know, just one of the, the business going. just keep the business going, and it's yeah. like because a lot of people's like, I, I like to flex on social media as well because we're you're in sales, you got to recruit, so it's like, right. but I like to be very genuine as well because I don't want to be like these guys that sell courses and then like then you like get to see them in person and they have like ten roommates, they yeah. all share the food bill, right? And it's like share the know, car, just, yeah, just be honest, man. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's there ain't nothing. Ain't nothing wrong with the come up. Like, right. if anything, there's more glory in being honest about your story. I'm like, here's what I went through. Here's what I did. Yeah. And then five, 10, 15 years down the road, you know, as you continue to level up, it'll be cool to reflect back and like, 
you didn't have to lie about it. So yeah, my dad said something pretty cool to me growing up. He was always like, you know, because he he'd reached a pretty uh, you know high status in his life. I mean, he was uh, you know into the financial business of mm-hmm. just lending out money. I mean, he was uh, you know had tons and tons of assets, doing you know well for himself in the stock market, all that stuff, yeah. and. Uh, you know, so he had, you know, the nice cars. We had a nice house growing up and stuff like that before everything kind of fell apart. Yep. But he always just told me, he's like, the things in life, like the necessities, like they're always going to be the same. Yeah. You know, he's like, as time goes on and you, you know, experience wealth, it's like those things may get nicer, but the necessity, like they're still all the exact same things. Meaning, yeah. you know, the car is, you know, going to start as, you know, maybe a beat up Corolla or something. And it's yeah. going to get nicer. It's going to get more luxurious, but it's still... A car at the end of the day absolutely and he's like that's one thing i really noticed throughout my life was just moving upwards in life things get nicer they you know become more in value but at the end of the day they're doing the exact same thing yeah so i always think about that too you know i, I follow a gentleman named alex hermosi and he always says if you could fast forward your life to what, wherever you're at right now whether you're 50 years old or five years old or you know i don't know consciously if a five-year-old would even understand you know this but <laughs> You know, especially you, you young men and, and women watching this, you're you're 18 years old and, and you want to go grab the world by the world by itself. You know what I mean? And go get it all. You know what I mean? Yeah, so it's right like, the poem. yeah, so it's like you want to go, you want to go take over the world. But you have to realize when you're 80, 90 years old, 100 years old, hopefully like like your grandmother and beyond, and there's no one left. It's just you. I got to answer this as president of the company. You're good, man. Maybe put it on pause. <laughs> Yo. How's it going, brother? I'm doing really good. I'm actually uh, in the middle of a meeting with a gentleman that's been doing uh, pest control sales for five years. He's 25, and we're chopping it up. Yes, sir. Yeah, I'll give you a call back. All right, sounds good, man. I'll probably give you a call back in like 10, 15 minutes. Okay, I'll keep it in my calendar, and I'll shoot you a text. Bye bye. I keep the phone always ready yeah, to go. Yeah, you have to. Um, That's why I got the watch, bro. Yeah, this thing, so see, I keep the phone just ready changer. to go. It's got everything right here at your wrist. Let's go. So. Um, are we? Where, where were we? What was I talking about? Oh yes. So you're. You, let's say you're 100 years old. You know what I mean? Like for us, 25. We fast forward to 100 years old. You're. You're just. You know, there's not much life left. Yeah. What What really matters? You know, all the Lamborghinis and all the cribs and all the trips. Or is it the the individuals that are still left and the individuals that were in your life that that you were able to build genuine, deep connections, genuine, real relationships with, with your mother, your father, and despite the wrongdoings internally, family's always going to not see eye to eye at different times, but, you know, what, what truly is going to matter? The opinions of others or what you were able to accomplish through love, relationships, companionships? Through, through those people. And I think for me, I always lean towards the family and the love. And I, I it's it, it doesn't put me in a position where I sacrifice the grinding I'm doing now, but it does make me realize what I'm doing now is not just for a better life. It's, it's to create more freedom for the time we do have left with the people I care about the most, with the people that if, if I left, insurance who would still call me from insurance yeah you know what i mean absolutely like you know those people like if you left pest control who would show up you know if when when your family starts passing away who's coming to the funeral with right. you 
You know what I mean? If you were to pass away, who's coming to the funeral? You know, like those are the people that truly matter, you yeah. know, because as soon as you stop bringing benefit to somebody, that's how you can kind of measure how deep that, that relationship, relationship stop. Exactly. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like, those are the people I want to build deep connections yeah. with. And I, I, I want to make sure like, hey, look, the, the Lamborghini and the jets and all, look, I'm not saying I don't want that stuff. Of course. But I am saying I care more about the intricate details of, of making my mom feel like a queen and paying back everything she did for me and my little sister yeah. to sacrifice pretty much her entire, a, a good portion of her adulthood to you know raise Make me sure and my sister and take care of us. You know what I mean? Like yeah, we, she took that sacrifice. Dude, like, so it's like, for me, it's like, I would give up all the wealth in the world to take care of her, you right. know what I mean? So, and it's like, I will not, like she's not going in a nursing home, you know, like my, even to the extent like my grandma right now is, you know, little older and it's like i'm grinding so hard right now because i want to i want to in the next year or so get a big enough house where they can both just live with me you know yeah. I mean? my mom's fine she's in her 50s but right. like i love the idea the, the one thing i love about the eastern culture when you get there's a lot of immigrants in chicago you probably right. have some immigrant friends a lot of them bro they're tight with their family yeah. dude like you know we we consider ourselves family people they live with, the mom never leaves yeah. you know what i mean like you got your whole you keep the family family united in, in the house together so I, I love that. The more, you know, I, I, that's what I think I'm most grateful for in Chicago is the exposure to the immigrant culture of realization of like, man, I, I want my mom to, you know, be with me for all of her life left on, on earth. You know Absolutely. what I mean? And that's, that's more important to me than all of the things that we can acquire on this earth materialistically. And I, it's not, for me, it's not a justification for me to work less. If anything, it pushes me to work more because it's more, a Lamborghini is 300, 400,000. But to give my mom the life that that I know I want to give outside of like, I I essentially have retired my mom. You know what I mean? I'm able to give her a couple grand a month. Yeah. But like, I want to do far more for her. I want to make sure she has the best health, the be best medicine, like access to the best, the best. You know what yeah. I mean? So it's like, that's a lot more than 300, 400 grand. You know Absolutely. what I mean? So that's kind of my perspective on like motivation, pushing, but also reflecting back on life of like what truly matters. Yeah. And, um, that's big that's for where me I always too. go back. I mean, it's like, yeah, family has always just been my number one motivator. You know, it's like when you uh, are stuck in a situation where, you know, you're kind of surviving together, you know, yeah. essentially, you know, dad left, you know, and whatnot. And uh, you're just kind of on your own and you, you have, you know, your siblings and you have, you know, whatever parents in the household at the time. And, um, you know, it's, it reminds me a lot of sales. I'm sure you can kind of connect the two as well, but mm -hmm. when you have a, a big, you know, group of guys and you're all, you know, in the war room together, grinding together, um, you know, you're in the trenches, you know, together, just trying to earn income and, you know, figure things out. And it can yeah. be hard sometimes, you know, I, I know a lot of people see sales and they're like, wow, these guys make crazy money. It looks so cool, blah, blah, blah. But at the end of the day, I mean, there's days, you know, you get done working and I mean, if you've been in any sort of like negotiation, you understand this, it, it's draining, Yeah. you know, and it's tiring. It's like you work all day and you, you know, sacrifice a lot, you know, in that war room and in these conversations and, uh, those guys around you that push you to be better, better start to become, you know, some of your best friends. I mean, I've met some of oh my, my best God, friends yeah. in sales. Yeah. And I think all my friends those are, are in the sales. people that, you know, you want on your side, you want, you know, to have your back because, yeah. 
they're almost like family to you. And it's the same exact thing Absolutely. with family. It's like when you're in struggles together and, and you're grinding together, uh, you know, you come out together. Absolutely. Now, as we start to wrap up, yeah, I think the one thing I always ask everybody is, do you have a favorite movie? Absolutely. Miracle. Miracle? Have you seen it? What's what's which one's it's about that? About the nineteen. Uh, is it baseball? Hockey. Hockey. Nineteen eighty USA team that won the, the uh, gold medal. Yes. And you know they were just faced against this. Uh, yes. The Russians who were the top dogs. I mean, they yeah. won the war or the uh, sorry the Olympics, the gold medal, the past however many years, and you know it was a bunch of this was before they'd used like pros, you know, in hockey, so. Um, there was just a bunch of young guys who came from different colleges and they, you know, were coached tremendously well and yeah. were for sure the underdogs, but came out on top. And it's just an incredible story of, uh, you know, just the underdog. Yeah. It's insane. You've never seen it. I have seen it. Okay. I definitely am getting like flashbacks. You need to it, and the, I was going to say, yeah, I love, that'll get you going. I love underdog stories. You know that'll what I mean? That'll motivate you these next few weeks. And, and relatability is like, you know, we, we are, and we have been the underdogs. You know what I mean? So it's yeah. like, Playing from that underdog position is such a, it gives you such a competitive advantage because now you've just, there's something about an underdog where it's like, yeah, you're not initially rooted for, but once you get traction, there's, I think, you know, Patrick David always says the world loves to see two things. They love to see someone on top fall, but more importantly than, than the world loving to see someone fall, they love to see an underdog rise. Absolutely. And I love that because yeah. it's like, you know, I, I'm, I'm, starting now to experience both because myself i perceive myself as an underdog because i always try to surround myself with people that are doing a hundred times a thousand times ten thousand times more than i am totally opposed to being the big fish in the room and thinking i'm you know king king him yeah. so you know but at the same time there's there's people now that's like if you go through my social media bro i got so many haters that yeah. are just like this hate just they find out the craziest stuff right they blasted through my comments and they it's attack nuts. my family and all types of Seriously. and it's like yeah brother wow. you know what i mean like and and i've uh, experienced that totally i've been out in public in chicago and people yeah. be like you're that tiktok kid we hate you you piece and i'm like oh good brother thanks yeah, for watching right. you know what i mean because like I, I really don't i honestly my ego kind of likes it because yeah. i never thought you know, I would, you I would, would have be, that. Yeah. Like that type of, I, dude, I came from like nothing. So I mean, like, I think it's just the resilience too, that you build up through sales. You know, it's like, you hear yeah, dude, so you many crazy, been, yeah. You know, you way have worse lost, situations. Dude, with, with chargebacks and two and a half years of door knocking, you yeah. think your comments on TikTok are going to hurt my heart or Not you say like, dude, like I've had people, I've had weeks where I had to sell everything just to get back, just to get even. Cause I had a bad month of sales yeah, and like, absolutely. you know what I mean? Like just zeroed out, dude. And it's like, that's just one thing like, I've learned from sales is just, I mean, you learn how to really just overcome. <laughs> yeah, bro, you got to you know? be a dog. You just, it is what it is. It's yeah. like, and I ain't scared to, I ain't scared to be real. I think the people that are scared to be real, they just, that's why their lives are so horrible because you, you're attracted, like what you wear is what you attract and, yeah. and you, you can't, you can only fake it for so long. So these people put these masks on and try to right. present something that they're not. And now you're attracting that. It's almost like when people put on a front when they get into a relationship. You're, well, you were being someone that you weren't, and now yeah. six months in, when you start to try to be yourself, and there's friction, you should have just been real from the beginning. Like Absolutely. this is who I am. You 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 truly are going to align with who you are, but you'll attract based off perception. And so if you create this reality that is 
just completely bogus. Right. Now you got bogus relationships. You've you've become a bogus man and yeah. there's no real money in being a fakie. Yeah. You know what I mean? So And that's the hard thing too, is like there's just so many people in today's day and age that don't take the time to, you know, build a relationship. I mean, everything is yes. online and artificial. like it's so artificial, everything online because it's all so fake, dude. It's uh it's just so easy, you know. Like yeah. you said, you got haters, people just talking crap about you, the business. I mean, yeah. I'm sure it goes on forever. Yeah. And it's like you just hear the most outrageous things online and it's so it's so fake, it's so yeah, you know, just fronted. And, you and it's projection. Meet, yeah, you don't meet, you know, someone genuinely online. And that's why I don't know, me personally, in my opinion, like social media is just such a, you know, I think it's a huge downfall to our, you know, society in so many ways. And, uh, mm. you know, you just don't have chances to sit here and talk to someone like that. Yeah. But that's something I've learned from sales is just being able to connect with someone, you know, going door to door and like sitting there and face to face having a conversation. Yeah. You just learn about, you know, who someone is. And, uh, you know, that's just how I've always been, how I've always wanted to do things. You know, that's why I came yeah. up to you in the gym. I was like, Yo, yeah, you seem bro. like a cool guy online, but yeah, you know, let's chop it up. And you invited me on and, it, you know, it's worked out great. And this is how you build you this know, the is, relationships yeah, and like the network. And that's all I'm, I'm big on relationships, brother. It's like, yeah. I, I, and I was telling, uh, you know, one of my co-hosts, Dave Wang, I was like, dude, I'm just big on just genuine relationships. Like, I don't care if you've got zero dollars or a billion dollars. Yeah. If you're just a cool dude or a cool girl, like, I just want to be friends with you. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, I'm not. Right, if you're I, genuine, like. Just a genuine person. You know what I mean? I'm measuring your value based off our reciprocation and our alignment. You yeah. Know? If it feels good, let's rock, man. Like, you know, like, I don't need nothing from you. You don't need nothing from me. And if we can bring value to one another, we bring value to one another. It is Absolutely. what it is. You know? Let's just, just just keep it 100. So. Yeah. Um, that's a very good point for sure. Last, last couple of things. Faith. Do you have any faith? Christian. Christian. Huge follower. Let's go. Faith. So believe in Jesus. And the next one is music. Like any, what's that, what type of music you like? I would say a wide, wide variety of things. I mean, it just depends on, uh, not necessarily my mood, but just kind of my environment. You know, yeah, when I'm same. in the gym, I would say for sure headed more like the rap, you yep. know, kind of hip hop vibe. Um, after I bought my truck, funny enough, like I got into country yes. big time. You got know, to. I was riding in the truck and I was like, all right, I need to, uh, I need to just put this on, see how it goes. See how and, it feels. It's oh, a nostalgic start, feeling. Oh, I love it now. It's great. Yeah. So fair amount of country. Um, and I like, I like older music, seventies, eighties, yes. you know, just the older tunes. I'm just the same get way. Down to some of those sometimes and I'm just relaxing. Yep. I'm, I'm the same exact way. Um, I think that's a, the last one I'll ask is food. I'm a foodie. Yeah. So do you have a favorite restaurant? Favorite place to eat? Uh, shoot, I would say, I mean, I've been lucky enough to travel to uh, a lot of different places and try a lot of different restaurants and whatnot. Um, I'm a big sushi fan. Yeah. Uh, specific restaurants. I mean, I've been to a few good ones. Um, even right in Naperville, there's a spot called Blue Sushi. Yeah. Phenomenal sushi there. So anywhere I can find good sushi. You got to look up. To. I think it's, I forget the style of sushi they do it, but I've, Joe Rogan recommends it. And I've gone to, I've gone to like one or two and the, it's like a private sushi dinner. It's like a table of eight. It's like a sushi bar and the, they have a, a, a sushi chef makes just fresh sushi. I was sushi. just there like a week ago. You know what I'm talking about? It's like, it, it's going to cost a couple hundred bucks, but like. I can't even think of the name of it, but 
Yeah, it was cool. It was like a speakeasy. So you come in, so yes. in room, you're just hanging out. They bring you drinks. That is all the of a sudden they call you back. Room. Yes. And it's a private room with, uh, yeah, I want to say eight to 10 people. Yep. And the chef's just like, here's what we got. Whips it up. Just start bro. trying. Just whipping Wasn't it Wasn't that sick? He's just passing him. Oh, it was phenomenal. Best thing. And he's just like talking about the fish and the yes. quality. And I'm like, this is, uh, this is a cool experience. That, I think having that experience, I don't think I'll do sushi any other way. Yeah. There's one other sushi place if I'm starving, I'll do. And it's like conveyor belt sushi places. Okay. I've been I'll, to a few. Yeah. Not, not too many. They definitely but. don't compare to one. I always enjoy just like the uh, go-to all-you-can-eat. You know, me and my buddies in Vegas, we would always go to, you know, all you can eat sushi. A lot of the times at night. Right and, after legs. Oh, dude. And just the next day, the pump is insane. Crazy. Yeah. yeah. I mean, all all those carbs from the rice and stuff. It's yep. like you get into the gym next day feeling real, real good. So Fire. And that's an important part of my life. You know, I'm super into uh, health. and Have to be. You know, I've gotten onto the, the cold exposure wave. I've been doing cold showers for Have the past to. five years. Like, yes. I love it. And... Um, you know, took one this morning. They're tough in Chicago. Yeah. I've, I've lived in Atlanta, you know, run our office out there, Vegas. Like those those cold showers aren't bad. You yeah. know, their their cold water's not bad. But when you sit out here in Chicago, the pipes are freezing. Like They're freezing, you, brother. you run into some cold showers. Yeah. And cold I showers, cold tubs. Working um, out, it's all good stuff. I, I love the self-development. Reading, yeah. praying, working out is a part of my routine regardless. Even today, like I just haven't been feeling well the last few days. But I still got to get it in. You know what I yeah. mean? There's there's a small piece of me where it's like I've got to get some type of development where I'm going to read a little bit, I'm going to pray a little bit, and I'm going to work out a little bit. So that's one thing I've I've noticed about you. I mean, just following you on Instagram, like you've got that, that yeah, consistency. I got to get it in. You know and what I mean? That's important. I mean, consistency is uh, you know, it's what creates all those building blocks to get you to that person that you want to be or that success that you want to reach. Yeah. And like you said, I mean, regardless of how you feel, like you just, you got to figure it out. You got to get it in. Where do you see yourself? And this is, I promise the last question. Where do you see yourself five, 10 years from now? What's the vision? I would say heading down a, a similar path now. I mean, I, I love leading people. I yeah. love similar to you experiencing, you know, new people, meeting new people, building genuine relationships, having those people that you can, uh, you know, that, that have your back, you yeah. know, when you build that relationship. And like you said, down the road, when, you know, the money and all that stuff doesn't mean anything. I mean, when you get to a certain point, I mean, you know, money becomes kind of worthless to you. Yeah. It's just like, that's just a byproduct of the, the life that you're living. And so all of those relationships, uh, you know, are super important to me. And I feel like I've built so many of those in my life through sales. Yeah. And so I would say just continuing to, you know, focus on, uh, focus on that. You know, I see it as an opportunity to create opportunity for other people and being able to watch them become someone that they enjoy to be. And just watching that growth in someone else is one of the coolest things that I've been able to Absolutely. see in my life. And uh, I would love to keep doing that, you know, love to keep leading people, doing sales, watching people grow, just giving them the opportunity to become who they want to be. That's fire. Fire. So if people want to come work with you or they want to just network with you, where can they find you? Uh, I'd say Instagram is usually the best spot for me. Uh, it's my first and last name, John Schneider, with three R's at the end. Dope. Um, and I'm around the Chicagoland area. So if you see Tristan and I at the gym, let us yeah. know. Let's go. All right, guys. Well, this is another episode of Adversity Kings. John Schneider. Make sure you check him out. And if you enjoyed the episode, like, subscribe, maybe share it. Have a great day. Yeah, Peace. appreciate you having me on, man.